Well, grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're so glad that you're here with us today, and it, it was such a blessing this morning to see all of our kids and all of our teachers, and, and we're very uh, proud of that group and uh, what they mean to us, and, and especially the teachers, what they do um, in, in our community. If you didn't, if the kids or, or the teachers, if you didn't get a book, or if you didn't get one of those crosses, then come and see me afterwards. Um, you can, you can put those crosses on a backpack or a pencil pouch or something like that and just remind you uh, of who you are as you go back to school. And, and speaking to the kids and the parents, we, we have lots of uh, youth events coming up. Uh, Tom already mentioned we've got the back-to-school party today. We've got a baseball game coming up Friday, a movie night at the end of this month, and then we're planning an, an area-wide youth devotional in October with um, Kirk Talley, who's the youth minister in Buda, and so you won't want to, to miss that. Well, this morning we're going to talk a little bit about the armor of God. I know that's what we spent time talking about um, at VBS earlier this year, and, and once you think about this and, and sort of the context of, of how this passage is given, this image of a Roman soldier was a common one in the ancient world. Uh, the, the Roman Empire was vast, and so they were in control of many foreign countries, many foreign lands, and in order to keep what they called the Pax Romana, that is the peace of Rome, they placed soldiers in all of these lands. And the soldiers were there to squash rebellions and to deal with, with any uprisings. Uh, again, their main job was to just keep the peace. And as you can imagine, the, the people in these lands... They did not view Rome favorably. They did not like their presence in their home country. They did not appreciate the taxes that they had to pay to this foreign government. They did not like that their own rulers uh, were not in charge. And so all of this led to groups like the Zealots being formed. And, and groups like this believed that the answer to the problem of Rome was violence. We need to, to drive them out. And they were looking to overthrow Rome by any means necessary. And so when you consider this, uh, being a Roman soldier was a dangerous job. You were a soldier who represented a foreign government. Your assignment was in a foreign land. And you were asked to keep the peace while all these people and groups around you were conspiring to bring about your demise. And, and Roman soldiers had to protect themselves. And so they would wake up every morning and they would put on their armor to make sure that they were protected from all these threats that were coming their way. They did not go out into public unless they had their armor on. They understood the danger. They understood the need to be protected. And the people of Israel, God's people, and, and, and later Christians, they, they walked by these soldiers every day. They saw this armor. They were familiar with, with what these soldiers wore in order to help keep them, them safe. And they understood the danger that these soldiers face. Perhaps some of their friends and, and, and relatives, they, they may have been zealots. They, they, they may have known people who had suffered at the hands of the Romans, and, and these individuals were just looking 
for any way to get revenge, any opportunity to get revenge against Romans. And so in this environment, people were on edge. They were tired of all the abuses. And the next uprising or rebellion, it could happen at any moment. If you go back and you look at the history, you you read about uh, all these different occurrences of rebellions and uprisings happening in that day and in that time. So it's in this context that the Apostle Paul um, pins these words. And he says to us, he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Most of us here know this passage. We're familiar with it. We get the visual. We can all picture that that soldier wearing armor. But what we need to do with this passage is understand it in its context. We need to know how dangerous it was being a Roman soldier in the first century who was stationed in hostile territory. We need to grasp the necessity of of wearing this armor each and every day because the threats were real. And without the armor, a soldier was not going to survive. And so it's in this context that that we are told um, that that we need armor as Christians. We find ourselves in similar circumstances, Paul is saying. We're in a battle. But it's not the same kind of battle that these Roman soldiers faced. We are in a spiritual battle. And so Paul makes this very clear at the beginning of this passage when he says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And so the battle that we're engaged in is not against our neighbor. It's not against whoever our enemy is. It's not against the co-worker who's trying to get us in trouble or against the family member who talks behind our back. It's not against any politician that that we might disagree with. Our our battle is against cosmic powers and spiritual forces of evil. And we are to stand against the schemes of the devil. And this is exactly why we need armor. We are being attacked every day. Whenever we leave our homes, we need to be prepared. We need to have our armor on because Satan is going to be coming for us. And we are seeing the ramifications of this in our day and age. Over the last few years, um, deaths of despair have skyrocketed. 
And these are deaths uh, that, that are due to suicide or drug overdose. We're seeing depression rates continue to rise. We're seeing the decline of Christianity in America. And so people are no longer attending worship like they once did. They are abandoning their faith. And more and more people are describing themselves as nuns. That's N-O-N-E-S. And basically, we're seeing this growing movement in our country of people who are claiming no religion at all. And we've seen these trends escalate during the pandemic. Churches have shrunk and some have had to close their doors. And so we're in the midst of this spiritual battle and it's happening all around us. And none of us are immune. None of us are safe. And so we must make sure that we're putting this armor on every day. One of the problems I think that's going on is that life has been really good for most of us for a long time. We have faced little to no adversity. And so because of this, we we may just be unsure of how to handle it. Over the last few years, we've been challenged and stretched. We've faced death and disease. We have faced political and racial turmoil. And we are more divided as a people than we have been in a long, long time. And so relationships have fractured. Some of these relationships have ended. We live in this time of uncertainty. And this has caused anxiety and stress. It has caused people to question long-held beliefs. It has caused people to to leave careers that they've had for years and years, and our world has been uprooted and it's been turned upside down. And when we consider all that has happened, we cannot point the blame at a single individual or a group of individuals. What we have been enduring are spiritual attacks, and our faith has been tested. And so what are we to do? Well, the passage in Ephesians 6 begins with these instructions. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. The first thing that we need to do is to be strong in the Lord. We are to trust in his might. What is so great about this passage is that it reminds us that we don't have to rely on our own abilities or our own talents or our own strength, we rely on God and His strength. We are to be strong in the Lord. And so we are to lean upon Him. We are to spend time in His Word. God provides the strength that we desperately need. We are to look to Jesus rather than all the other stuff that's going on all around us. It does us no good to to get caught up in all the controversies that arise on a regular basis. They come and they go. There's always something to be outraged about or shocked about or something that seeks to create fear within us. And when we jump from controversy to controversy, we're just being tossed to and fro. We're we're like, as uh, uh, we we saw the image this morning in in the adult class in the Gospel of Luke, this, this reed that's shaken by the wind. But that's not how we're supposed to live. Instead, we're to look to Jesus. We're to be strong in the Lord. Although we put our trust in the Lord, this does not mean that we just sit idly by. We are to put on the armor of God. That's our responsibility. 
And, and Paul describes what our defenses are against Satan and all the spiritual forces of evil. And so we are to put on the belt of truth. We live in this world full of lies. And this is one of the attacks that we actually face on a daily basis. We just have lies coming our way. And what we need to do is cling to the truth. We need to tell the truth. We need to not participate in lies. We need to avoid dishonest people. And I get it. Sometimes it's difficult to know what is true and what is not. Because there are people and movements and things in this world that are really good at deception. We live in confusing times. Well, if there's any doubt, then be careful. Don't be deceived. You know, we don't have to take a position on every issue. Instead, if there's doubt, if, if, if we just don't know, what we can do is look to God's Word. Because we know that is truth. We may not know, you know anything else in the world, whether, whether it's true or not, but we know God's Word is true. And this is the truth that we're to take with us as we go out into this world full of lies. We're to put on the breastplate of righteousness. And so how are we to live in this fallen world? Well, how we're to live is we're to do what is right. Don't get distracted by all the wrong. Keep doing good. A world that is in darkness needs light. And this is exactly what we're called to be. And again, the times we live in, they're confusing. But our mission is not confusing. In a world gone wrong, do what is right and keep doing it. Do it until others join you. Do it until it begins to make a difference where you live and where you work and where you go. And be known for the good things that you do. And people can say, that's a person who's doing what's right. That's a person who's doing what's good. They're not distracted by all these other matters. We're to put on the shoes that, that will help us spread the gospel of peace. And so everywhere we look in this world, what we see is bad news. And it's what everyone wants to talk about. We have a wonderful opportunity right now to proclaim good news. Because people are desperate to hear something besides all this bad stuff that people just focus on all the time. It's everywhere. You turn on the TV, you turn on the internet, you get on social media. Bad, bad, bad. We need to be known as a people who share good things and share good news. And so rather than talk about all that is wrong, we know it's wrong. We know it's bad. It's been this way for a long time. We should be talking about all that is good. Because we are to be a hopeful and joyful people because we have Jesus. And, and we have news that no one else has. We're to take up the shield of faith. And so in these times, we're to cling to our faith in God. We live in an age of distrust. And so uh, our, our culture right now refuses to trust in anything. People have lost trust in all institutions. It doesn't matter, across the board. And that's kind of a scary thing because without trust, the world just falls apart. But what we can do is we can point people to the one in whom they can trust. 
And so as people are wondering, you know, what can I trust in? I can't trust the government. I can't trust in all these institutions. We can point them to the one whom they can trust. And this does things for us. We should have patience and we should be calm because we have trust in God. We don't have to worry because we trust that God is in control. And trust is a needed thing in our day and age. We put on the helmet of salvation. And so God is our refuge. He is our salvation. He has overcome sin and death and evil. We serve a God who has conquered all that is wrong with the world. We serve a God who has power over death itself. And so because of who God is and what he's done for us, we have nothing to fear. And we should look at life differently. We don't have to live in such a way that, that, that we're afraid that our, our life might come to an end. We live knowing that no matter what happens tomorrow, God has given us eternal life. And we will continue on. God has saved us. He is our protector. We take up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And so the Bible is a great comfort and blessing to us. It is our guide for life. It offers us encouragement. It's God's Word for us. If you, if you want to hear from God, pick up the Bible, read it. And, and as many in our world are searching for the meaning of life... We have it. And it's up, for, it's up to us to know it, to study it, to read it. Because it is a great help when Satan attacks, and he's going to attack. And we can use it just as Jesus used it when he faced temptation. He went to the Word of God, and he quoted Scripture. And so this is what we are to do, all of us. You know, we're thinking um, this week about our kids going back to school. And, and many of us have, have gone out and we've spent a lot of money buying clothes and buying school supplies for our kids. We want to make sure that they are prepared as, as they go back to the classroom. We want them to look nice. We want them to have all the necessary tools that they need to succeed. And, and this is great. It's what being a parent is all about. However, we also need to consider if we have done everything to prepare our children for what they're going to face. You know, we've spent the money on clothes. We've spent the money on school supplies. But have we talked to them about the armor of God? Have we talked to them about the spiritual forces of darkness? Will they be putting on these things that are described in Ephesians 6 as they go back to school? You know, if you think about it, what we have in this chapter is a helpful checklist that all of us can follow. You can print it out, you can put it on a refrigerator, go over it regularly, talk to your kids about it, but make sure they know what each of these things mean. As you go out into this world, be truthful. Do what is right. Spread the good news. Trust God. Remember your Savior. And take the Word of God with you. Do these things. Because these things prepare us for the spiritual battles 
that we're going to face. And we need to make sure that we're leaving our homes prepared. We need to make sure that our kids are prepared for the challenges that they're going to face. Don't leave your house unprepared for what you're going to face in the world. Because I guarantee you this, Satan is prepared every time you walk out the door. And so, are you ready for that? Are you ready for what you're going to face? You know, we sometimes get to verse 17 in this passage and we think, well, that's it. That, that concludes all that we need to know to be ready to face these spiritual battles. But actually, the passage continues on. And, and we must not forget about verse 18, which says, Pray in the Spirit at all times, and every prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert, and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. One of the most important aspects of spiritual warfare is prayer. We need to be a people who pray. And we need to take our struggles and temptations to God. And not only that, we need people praying for us. That's part of the, the job of the church is to have people pray for one another. And so don't ever hesitate to ask someone to pray for you. Don't, don't ever be afraid to share your struggles. We're not to judge that. We're to be here to help and to encourage one another and to pray for one another. As we think about our children and teachers who are going back to school this week, I, I would just encourage all of us to commit to praying for them. And let's pray for them daily. Let's pray for them by name because they need our prayers. We cannot be there for them in every situation, but we can pray for them and we can let them know that they're being prayed for. So as you read this passage, there are a couple of other words that stick out that I want to conclude with. And uh, they are the words stand, which mentioned multiple times, and keep alert. And so we're told to stand in verse 14. We're told to keep alert in verse 18. What do these mean? Why are we told to do these two things? First, keep alert. We're to keep alert because we don't want to be caught off guard. We need to realize that we are in the midst of a battle and Satan is on the attack. And we shouldn't be surprised when it happens. It's wonderful that we've had it good for so long. But we need to know that Satan is still at work. He hasn't given up. He hasn't retired. He's going to come after us and we need to be ready. And we are to stand because the battle can be fierce. And we're not to back down. We're not to give up. We need to keep going. Life is hard. Bad things happen. But we must not retreat. We find story after story in the Bible about people who persevere. And this is exactly what we're called to do. We are to stand and to overcome. And we have all that we need to do just this. We have the armor of God. We have God himself. And so stand and keep standing. Stand when you're tired. Stand when you're being attacked. Stand when it's not easy to stand. Because God sees your perseverance. He knows your struggles. 
Don't let the darkness win. Keep standing and overcome. And know that you're not alone. You can look around this morning. You have a community of people standing with you. A community of people who love you and and who want to see you succeed. And God is standing with you. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to let you down. And so don't let Satan win. Not today. Not ever. And so put on the armor of God. And not just on Sunday, but every day. And stand against the schemes of the devil. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for all that you've done for us and all that you've given us. We're grateful for this reminder that we find in Ephesians 6, that we are in the midst of a battle, that Satan is coming our way, that there are things in which we must stand against, spiritual forces, Satan and his demons and all evil that threatens us. Father, we're so grateful that we do not do this alone. That you are with us and that you have given us armor and that you have given us wisdom and guidance and you have given us a church family to help and to encourage us. May we never leave our homes unprepared. May we go out and be a light in this world. May we stand for what is good and what is right, and what is true. And may we share your light with all around us, because we know that light overcomes darkness. We're so grateful for your Son, who we can look to, who has overcome the battle against evil, against Satan, and against death. And we know that he is on our side as well. We pray this in his name. Amen.